This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Kay from Unleashed. And today I have a great guest, Brandon Wainwright. And he's going to tell us all about his book. The book is really the result of his experience. Hi, Brandon. How you doing? Hi, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Give us a little bit of a background and then we could start to chat because I have some ideas. Okay. Um, well, the, the book I wrote is it's called Tyson's Gift, How an Eight-Pound Canine Became a Man's Greatest Spiritual Guide. And it's the story of my dog Tyson's life. Tyson was an eight-pound Chihuahua Dachshund mix, Chihuahua. When he came into my life, he just made a big impact, helped open my heart up from experiences that I had had in my younger life and helped my wife and I, he came into our lives when we were just getting engaged, helped, helped us to bond and come together as a family and just enriched every, every day. I appreciated every moment with him, literally. And then when he passed away, it was uh, very, very difficult for me to, to process. I, I had no religious paradigm to reflect on regarding the afterlife. And I had a real hard time making peace with his, his passing and what might've become of him. And you know how it is when you're, when you love a pet, it's a, you know, they're an innocent and you have a, a strong sense of protection over them. So I had a difficult time processing it, but in, in my process, I ended up with a spiritual awakening and, um, and that's kind of the, the first half of the book kind of focuses on his life in a Marley and me fashion. And then the second half of the book focuses on the process of his, of his afterlife, my process of processing it, as well as uh, the spiritual awakening and, and actually reconnecting with Tyson on the other side. But in reality, and I was thinking about it, you never picked out a dog. <laughs> All of these animals, because they say they choose us. Uh-huh. All of your pets chose you. And I think in reading the book, and I loved it, that Tyson coming to you through Misha, well, it was really meant for you because of what happened in your childhood with your pets. And even now with Pepper, yeah. it yeah. started that way <laughs> and it ended that way. But on a good note, because, you know, you got the, the gold ring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's one thing I will say. Like most autobiographical an uh, books about animals, Tyson does pass away, but it does have a very happy ending, very uplifting ending. So you won't walk away sad, that's for sure. No, end. no, no. It, it, it's really a very sweet book. You're very honest in it. But I really think that all of your awakening with, you know, the mediums and talking to people, you benefited from this because you really were, I don't want to say wound tight because I don't know you personally, but from <laughs> your earlier experiences and this dog, you know, Tyson made you work for it for sure. Mm -hmm. He sure did. He didn't roll over and say, I love you. <laughs> no, 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 quite, quite the opposite. Yeah. You know, because when you go to shelters, everybody always says, I mean, we've all had numerous pets. And, you know, they say, and I always repeat it, that, you know, the best place to bury a pet is in the heart of the owner. But even when people get other pets, they always say, 
he reminds me so much of blah, blah, blah. There are always personality types or little quips that all of our, I mean, same thing with friends, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, if you have more than one spouse, there's always something that, that stays constant, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I believe that animals find us and give us what we need. And, you know, there's been many these movies they make that this one dog was this guy's dog many times over. I mean, you know, a dog's purpose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who disbelieves anything? We now, I think, because animals, goats, cows, horses, dogs, cats, they have much to teach us about love and acceptance that, you know, if we really listened, it would be better for us. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your life, because there's more to you than just picking dogs. My career is that I'm a police officer. And so that's, you know, quite, quite the opposite of being a metaphysician, but it's, it's certainly um, the experiences that I had as, as are documented in the book. And, you know, and as I continue to have, have opened up my heart and, and helped me, my paradigm for my humanity, if you will, has, has shifted into a much more conscious space. And, you know, I see it makes you feel, at least my experiences have made me feel much more of a cohesion with, with humanity. And with every other life on earth, you know, and so as a police officer, when I'm interacting with people, whether it be in a friendly manner, or if I'm having to, you know, take a more of an enforcement action, I really, I'm kind of an open hearted kind of guy anyway. So I I never really was adversarial with people, but I definitely, this has made me feel a much tighter bond with people. And so it's made my job easier, easier to empathize, not as inclined to judge you know, that sort of thing. So it, it, the experiences documented in the book, I think, can be universally beneficial. Well, you know, uh, I want to tell my listeners that you did go to mediums. Mm, oh, yeah. Quite a few. A lot of them, you know, told you basically the same thing. They were all on the same page. But I think a lot of that also opened you up to slights or hurts really in your family that really... I mean, when you really think of how you got Tyson through your wife, who wasn't your wife then, and you, you know, because the book says it, I'm not saying anything. Yeah, yeah. That you were kind of on a break and, you know, you really weren't thrilled that she got, she got the (laughs) book through a friend, you know, so it wasn't like she went to a shelter either. And, you know, you just decided at that moment, I mean, come on, it was a chihuahua what mix i mean it was a little thing and you just decided that you were going to go along and be supportive and you were i mean come on i mean you guys were really good to this dog because you know he was somewhat trying i mean he, yeah, he, he, he was he was what many would call a little sh- yeah a devil he was a devil <laughs> but you know the, the thing is his, on your furniture <laughs> his 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 antics were were trying but spirit was so rich and beautiful, you know, he wasn't, he did things that were really selfish and, and, you know, he did whatever he wanted. He, he was stubborn and, but he did it with such a loving heart. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things I can't really, it, you'd have to know him to understand. And I, I will say that a lot of my friends and family, they didn't like him. They didn't understand. And why he didn't I, like them. No, it's true. Well, at least, or at least he was standoffish with them and, and, you know, very tentative, but the, yeah, but you're right. Yeah. A lot of my friends, they made fun of the fact that I, I was so in love with this dog. They didn't, 
they didn't really get it. I think they get it now. Yeah, but you also, he he also didn't like men. But you said right (laughs) in the beginning of the book that he had eyes that you just couldn't ignore. His everything, his soul was in his eyes, which is really what it is about a dog. The dog's (laughs) eyes, when they look at you, I mean, when you really think of it, even dogs that we don't know their history or they've been abused, they still wag their tail eventually. And oh, yeah. Still learn to trust. It might take time, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I say we have much to learn from these animals. Well, that, and you know, I think if you look back on this, I'm speaking from my own experiences, when I look back on my, my early childhood experiences with dogs, you know, as you know from the book, I had several and they were all taken away from me, but my heart was so open with them. Uh, you know, from the just, there was just, there was an innocent openness that I had with them, it was the same openness that dogs, unless they're traumatized, will immediately have with the person. And, you know, my own traumas caused me to harden up. And it's not that I didn't still like the animals. I just, my heart, I didn't have that open heart anymore. I didn't allow it. I didn't allow that, that softness and innocence to come out until Tyson came into my life. So I think for me, I can say for sure that Tyson, by forcing me to earn it, and I think his mission was to force me to earn it. That was part of his mission. But I think he also was healing. And together, we opened each other's hearts. And I, I think it, most people, if, they, if they're honest about, if they can remember back to what it was like before worldly experiences and, and difficulties made you close your heart, I think you'll see a lot of similarities, a lot of parallels to your own life in my story. Oh, oh, definitely. And, you know, when you have pets, just walking down the street opens you up. Always somebody, you know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, what a cute dog. Oh, can I pet him? Oh, what uh-huh. kind of dog is he? It's a conversation opener. But I think by you going to these mediums, for whatever reason got you there, of course, to, you know, to to find out about Tyson with your step-grandfather, your grandmother, your friends, you know, I think this was all orchestrated for you. Oh, I think so too. I think, I think, well, and, and I, you know, just to give a little bit of, you know, background on that, when Tyson passed away, before he passed away, I never would have been even, I never would have been open to go into a medium. I mean, I, not that I had any, I was open to the idea that it could be real, but I never would have felt the compulsion to go myself. And so losing him, you know, kind of broke me down to that, that, you know, changes happen in your life when, you know, usually out of pain or difficulty. And, and that's what happened with me is that I was, I was so torn down and so just in need of some kind of hope as far as, you know, where he was and that he was okay, that I started reading books. I actually looked up a book. I I went on to Amazon and I punched in animals in the afterlife specifically because I was hoping for some kind of book, fiction or nonfiction, that would give me some sort of, of hope and peace. And I found a book called Animals and the Afterlife by Kim Sheridan. And it had such compelling stories in it that were, it was, I, like I, I had to at least explore it. And I highly recommend anybody read that book as well as mine, of course. And so, yeah, once I started on that journey, the experiences I had through the animal communicators and the mediums, you know, it was proven to me that, that we live on, that, that we still you know, that we're just, we're spirits having a human experience rather than humans having a spiritual experience. And I think, I mean, obviously it was for me because it's changed my life. I literally turned my life in such a good direction. Not that it was terrible before, but it's just opened me up to so much peace and hope. And 
every moment that I live now is richer. It's been a challenge because it's a whole new paradigm to live within. But I think in, in that, it's also it was also for me to share that story with others. In the book, it does come out that you you could see the change. You were always a great guy, but you're more sensitive now. I also read Many Lives, Many Masters. And for any of our listening audience, if you have um, lost someone or grieving, this book really is a wonderful book. It just will uplift you. It's just a beautiful true story. I recommend it highly. And there are a lot of mediums with pets out there that, you know, help with lost pets and things like that, like lost children. I mean, if you have the gift and I don't disbelieve anything, I mean, I mean, oh, no. now, now they say that they've seen UFOs. So who am I to judge anybody for trying anything to make their life more understandable? Well, I'll tell you what, on that, on that note, it, through, through this experience, I've connected with a number of people that have had firsthand interactive experiences with UFOs. So, you know, absolutely. There's so much more out there than what, than what we're consciously aware of or what, you know, it's conventional thought will allow you to be open to. So if you're, you know, if you have an open mind and you're willing to explore a little bit, there's so much more. I agree. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com.
we're back. And today I have Brandon Wainwright with me. And uh, he's had quite an experience. Getting back to what we were talking about, I think also with Tyson, because you're so you got to be so sensitive and so attached to him, he gave you quite a number of scares to kind of prepare you. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't just make the decision lightly when we know we have to put our animals down. And, you know, animals hide their pain a lot. Also, they are pack animals. So sometimes but you had a few different situations with him that, you know, they told you that eh, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. But and how old was he when he passed? He was 14. So he he lived a good long life. Oh, yeah. But, but, you know, it didn't matter. You know how it is. If he was 20, it wouldn't have been long enough. Right. But they say, you know, I never realized it, that smaller dogs live longer than bigger dogs. Who would have thunk? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that's that's people when people get, you know, like a, a big, uh, you know, Bernese mountain dog or those sort of, sort of dogs. It's like, man, they're awesome dogs, but Him? I can handle losing yeah. them so soon. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, I had a, a tricolor collie before I was they had him. My parents got him before I was even born. I learned how to, you know, pull up and, and walk. But he lived to 13. One day he was playing in the yard. The next day, you know, uh, he was put down. And then I had a, a standard poodle. I think he was 15 or 16. You know what they say? Everybody has the best pet and nobody's wrong. <laughs> it's the truth. We, we all yeah, love our pets. And that's the way it should be. But now, because they're really part of the family, they just open us up to love, especially, you know, with the pandemic. So many people adopted pets. I know there's rumors that they're now bringing them back. I don't think they're true. I think if you adopted a pet and you spent all those months holed up somewhere where the only living thing that you could really be with without a mask is your dog. I don't think you're giving the dog up. And if you do, you're a jerk and karma will find you. I have to, I have to agree with you on that. I, yeah, I don't understand that at all. No, I I mean, uh, you know, we have two cars, we have more than one cell phone, more than one pocketbook, multiple televisions and stuff like that. And I think when people live in big houses, if they could afford it, they should have more than one pet because they could keep each other company. You know, this thing where you go to work and I know a lot of people now are able to bring their pets to work with them. And when you go to a shelter, they want to know everything about you. How many hours are you away from the house? Come on. Yeah. They sleep. If you put a camera in, they sleep. Who is barking there? Well, that's Pepper. Uh-oh. <laughs> now, do you still have Chloe? No, unfortunately, Chloe passed away in January of 2020, just before we got Pepper. And that that was a that was a shocker because we didn't see it coming. It turned out she had cancer and and she was good up until the very end. And then, you know, and and she got to be the lone dog for a while. And I think she really enjoyed that. So there were there was some goodness that came out of it. But unfortunately, she passed away. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now, is uh, Pepper going to be an only dog? Oh, no, we have Ellie. Ellie, Ellie came in. Uh, Ellie's the golden doodle that my mom yeah. inappropriately adopted. <laughs> right. But, you know, but she held on. But see, you started one way and you ended one way. That's what she did. Yeah. And El- Ellie's an amazing dog. She is really, really awesome. So we love having her around. And they get along well? 
Oh, they're soulmates. I've never seen two dogs so close in my life. It's insane. They're they're just. I, I'll, I'll have to get your cell phone and send you some pictures of them. It's together. It's it's crazy. There's in, in the second book. I'll, I'll I'm going to tell a story about. It, it was kind of predicted that they were going to come together, but I didn't realize it at the time. So now, now have you been to any mediums and? Uh... Do they talk about, you know, Ellie and Pepper together now? Well, and I'll tell this story in the second book, but what not so much them together now, but I mean, you can just see it. You can see, I mean, they're inseparable. Like the other day I was, I was taking a shower. So I had the door shut in her room and I, and I had, Ellie was in there with me and she's, I come out of the shower and she's laying on the floor in front, you know, in front of our bedroom door, putting her nose up to the crack under the door. And Uh I thought, I thought, oh, Pepper must be out there. I opened the door and there's Pepper with her nose up to the door. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're yeah, in you there, know, why can't I be in there? You know, if one of them goes, so we had Elliot the groomer last week and Pepper was just depressed all day, you know, I mean, just one day away from her. And she's, I, it's, I've never seen two dogs so close. That's but wonderful. I, there was one of, one of the, uh, one of the, the intuitives I went to, Amara, who's amazing. She's a, just a wonderful person too. At the end of the session, I always ask, you know, when do you think Tyson will come back? Because we all, we always connected with him. It was it was a given. Um, and she, they all like everybody else. She said, uh, "He's saying I get the feeling he's coming back, but he won't. He's not giving me a definite answer on when." And I said, "Well, what do you think he'll be?" And and everybody else had said that they thought he would be another little dog that could be cuddled, and because um, he wanted to be cuddled again. And and she says, "Well, I'm, what I'm seeing is a." Um, a white lab, not, not a chocolate lab, not a black lab, not a golden lab, but a white lab. And I, oh, that's kind of odd. And she goes, and this is something that nobody else had said. She, and I, he's got a buddy. He's got a buddy with him. And she didn't describe the buddy. She just said he had a buddy with him. Well, you know, it turns out, so Ellie's a golden doodle, but, and when we got her, she had that kind of golden color to her. Right. But as soon as we got her groomed, she, she turned white. Wow. And and so I, and, and Amara agrees with me. We think that, that what she was seeing that day was actually Ellie and Tyson was the buddy. Wow. You know, because Pepper is, Pepper is Tyson. Well, so, so now does Pepper. I just gave something away. I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> So I want to ask you something. So is, does Pepper do all of the bad things that you have allowed your dog to do? <laughs> feeding them from the table. Big no-no. I know. I, but that's, you know, it, he. It, it was his way or the highway. And it, you know, you know, you're right. I mean, I could have, I could have had it a different way, but that was our relationship. And With all I, know, of you. I, I know conventional standards would say that it was bad, but it, it worked for us. So Pepper is not as bad as Tyson. No, there's a lot of things that she's definitely very food driven, but not to the same extent that Tyson was. And she's not quite as mischievous. She doesn't, you know, get into as much trouble and but she's definitely got just as big of a personality. She's just as demanding. She's just as sensitive. Maybe he worked out his problems also. So. Yeah, well, you know, and I think, I think some of it, you know, you, you, when you come into this world, you choose your body and, and, you know, different dogs have different characteristics. And I think that some of that is built into the breed. And part of the spiritual experience is living within that body with those characteristics that you have to cope with. So I, there's naturally going to be differences. And like you said, there's different issues that they're working out. But, you know, Pepper was a street dog before she came to us. And so 
she has a little bit, her hangups are a little bit different, but the Tyson, I actually believe that Tyson's hangups came from, pre, from lives prior to the one we had him because, yeah, because you the friend had him. That was the only other person that had him. Right? Yeah. And they, and they doted on him. So I don't know what would have made him so, so crazy sensitive, but if Pepper's not as, as jumpy in terms of she's skittish, she's, she's actually way more skittish than Tyson, which I don't know how that I didn't think that was one of the things that was was told to me when I I because I consulted with a with an intuitive about whether it was him and that was one of the things she told me was that he's way more skittish and and that was only within a few days of when we got her so I it hadn't really presented to the extent that I you know I didn't realize just how skittish she was but it turned out to be 100% right on the one hand you can cuddle her and, and hold her and sit with her and she's she's chill that way but if she'll let you get her if she, she likes to run away from people <laughs> So, but I think that comes from living on the street and and trying not to be captured and, you know, that sort of thing. The Many Lives, Many Masters, Brian Weiss's book, you know, he talks about how we pick where we go. Mm -hmm. And I don't disbelieve, you know, I don't disbelieve anything now. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I feel the same way. I don't think one thing I've found, I've learned in this journey is that we definitely, and this is one of the things that I really hope that people will get from my book, from Tyson's Gift, is that we really do live on, that this really is just, we're just having a, a human experience and we're spiritual beings and that we really are connected to our loved ones, you know, through time and space. And it's not, it's not just this one life and you really will be connected to your loved ones and, and others after you, after you pass and after they pass. And I want people to find peace in that. So through the different experiences that I had, you know, with the mediums and the one that I had where I connected with my grandma and my uncle and my aunt Tyson, um, it was such a poignant experience for me. It was so powerful. And I even called, called a chapter in the book, Coffee with Loved Ones, because it was literally like sitting down for coffee with, with family members that I hadn't seen in, you know, 30 years. Um, and, and that experience, I mean, there was, it was a build, but that experience really solidified for me the idea and, and belief that there's more and that we live on. And, um, and so once that happened, it was like, okay, I'm at this point, I can continue living like I've always lived and just, and just know that that's, that's there and, and otherwise not make any changes, or I can explore this and, and go further. And so Reiki, what Reiki is, is it's energy healing. And the energy that's provided is is spiritually guided life force energy. That's the best way to, to describe it. And a friend of mine had just taken the first level of Reiki and I was talking to her about, she's an animal lover and she had, uh, she's a former police officer. She had gone consulted with animal communicators as well. And she suggested that I take Reiki as a way to open myself up and, and start to explore. And I've always been kind of, I've leaned in that type of direction of wanting to heal and help people. And, and so it was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm all in. And so I, I started taking Reiki classes and, and practicing it as, you know, pretty much on a daily basis. And before I knew it, I was, I was really, I'd become pretty skilled at it. And I, you know, I can discern the energy. I can tell, you know, when it's flowing through my body, I can, it's been a pretty amazing experience. So uh, that, and that, by the way, Reiki is something that it doesn't require some special gift. It just requires a, a desire to, to do it and to help people with it. So I, I encourage anybody that is hearing us right now to do a little research on their own, to, to learn about it and to get out there and, and give it a try because it really does. It's, it's an amazing thing. And, and Reiki is, it's like I said, it's, 
it's spiritually guided energy with its own intelligence. So it's not like you have to have a special gift to to practice it. You're just directing it. And it's, it's really, it's really amazing. And it'll blow your socks off. Okay. Because I'm in the process of buying a new bed for my neck and my back. So if I could do that and it'll help me, I'm all for it, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, it can, it can definitely, it'll help you to heal and get a pillow too. Those things are pretty good. (laughs) I had one of those. It cost me $74 when it first came out and it, and I didn't like it. Oh really? I didn't like it. We've got a bunch in our house. It's worked out well for us. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe I had a prototype. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But $74 on a pillow is the same. If you'd like me to send you some so you can experience it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do that for you. Okay. My neck or it, it knows where to go. Yeah. Well, it, well, I can direct it at your neck, but it goes where it's needed. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's got its own intelligence. So. So now I want to ask you, have you started on the new book? No, I haven't. I mean, I've got different things that, that I'll put in the book for sure that are, are building, but this is very much a, an ongoing process and, and I can't write a book until I've got experiences that are compelling enough to, to write a book with, you know? Okay. You know, I'm certainly going to continue to advocate for the thing, the ideas that are in there. Reiki, animal advocacy, those, those sorts of things, and I'm going to continue to expand and you know on a metaphysical level. Um, and you and you still go to mediums? Yeah, I still I still have sessions. Yeah, I still and I know I know for some people this may sound you know kind of out there, but I one thing that I as far as you know you hear medium, you hear psychic, you hear things like that, and you're like, oh boy, you know this is this is coming out of left field. But what I always tell people is don't you know. Don't, don't knock it till you try it. Don't knock it till you try. And the other thing is, you know, when you when you read these these books, I mean, there there is just a plethora of of information out there on this stuff, firsthand accounts of things, and a lot of it is is like in the case of Dr. Brian Weiss. You know, I mean, these were scientifically conducted experiments. You know, it's not just hearsay here. There's so much information. You know, that- you're speaking of it. You name too many people who are real life people to be fudging things. Which, yeah. which I thought was great. But there are a lot of mediums out there with, you know, pets and, and you know, who pass on or who go missing. I don't disbelieve anything. It's not, it's, it makes me feel good to know that, it, you know, some things are reachable. I'm sure even you might not have even realized it before you went to the medium. I lost a, a best friend. And when, when she was alive, it was so funny. We always found pennies and we always picked them up. It was always together. And after she passed, it doesn't matter where I am. I would say on any given week, at least two to three times, I find a penny at Mm. a gas station somewhere. And I always, it makes me feel good, whether it's right or wrong, true or not, makes me feel good. It's like she's reaching out to me, you know? So I always say, I know it's you. She probably is. And, and you know, they... The, the one, uh, Lisa Silverman, she, and I talk about her in the book, the sessions that I did with her, I've done a couple, the first one in particular, two solid hours with her and every single thing she said was accurate and about, about people she couldn't know, about people I wasn't even thinking about when I went to her. I did it. I went to her on kind of an exploratory basis. My grandma and uncle had, I hadn't seen them since I was in high school. I was here. I was in my mid forties. I wasn't I, you know, I loved them still, but I hadn't thought of them in, on a regular basis in a long, long time. So it was, 
you know, when you experience something like that, it changes your perspective. It blew my mind. And by the way, since then, I've, I've sent a number of friends to her and others. And they've also, every one of them, every one of them to a person has had profound experiences. Some people have the gift. I mean, yeah, everybody has some gift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She just happens to be somebody that, you know, she has all the clairs and, and she's, she's, yeah, she's just really, really gifted at it. But, you know, and her gift is to help people heal, but it's also, at least in my case, because it was a very healing experience to interact with loved ones that I hadn't, you know, that had been gone for so long. It, but it was, it, like I said, it also, for me, it provided proof. Right. And it also helped your friend's parents because they were friends that you lost. Yeah, that was a whole other session. Yeah. That, well, you know, you're a police officer, so you do. I'm sure you joined because, like you said, you wanted to do good and help people. So mm-hmm. this is just another way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hoping that because I'm pushing towards the end of my career and, and I'm, I'm hoping that somehow all this good dog stuff and it'll somehow branch me into that helping people in that fashion instead of in a law enforcement fashion. Oh, you never but, know what your second adventure might be. No, no, it's, it's, I, it's I don't think you're going to be a dog trainer. No, no, I don't think so either. Oh, you're too much of a mush. You're a pushover. <laughs> I am. I am. You're right. <laughs> it was a pleasure talking with you and I hope to have you on again. I'd love to. It was a pleasure. Keep safe out there. I want to thank my listeners. I want to thank my producer, Mark. And Brandon, I want to thank you. You were a wonderful guest. Can I tell you how to get the book? Oh, yeah. Tell us. Amazon, uh, right? Yeah. Well, it's uh, If you go to Tyson'sGift.com, T-Y-S-O-N-S-G-I-F-T.com. That's my website. You can go there. You can read about the book. You can see some pictures of us. And there's a button there you can click that, that'll take you to Amazon. There's a, it's, it's available on some other outlets like barnesandnoble.com as well. But that's the easiest way is just go to Amazon. I encourage you, if you enjoy the book, to spread the word and, and uh, write a review on there because those always help. But I, I really hope people will enjoy it and, and get some peace from it. So again, tysonsgift.com. Okay. And I want to tell my listeners and thank them for being with us and to live life unleashed. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.